In this episode, titled Least Skills Needed for Treating Aggression, a how-to guide, we're going to talk about least skills needed, also called handling skills, for starting behavior modification with your dog. This is a necessary prerequisite before we can even start doing anything with your dog. And the reason for this is that the behavior modification exercises are mostly done on the leash. I'm going to walk you through all the basics of leash handling skills, and I'm also going to provide you free access to a 33-minute video on these skills, which I think will be very helpful to you. However, I'm going to start today by spending a couple of minutes answering a listener's message to me recently. It's a question that is similar to many I get on dog aggression that's directed toward humans. That is, dog aggression directed toward humans. Let's tackle this up front, and we'll delve into the handling skills in just a second. Hi, I'm Scott Schaefer, and you're listening to the Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. I've worked with thousands of aggressive dogs and their owners, and I'm certified by two international certifying organizations in dog behavior. In this podcast series, I'll explain why your dog is acting aggressively and provide recognized science-based answers. Things you can do to make things better. Understanding and addressing your dog's aggression will make living with your dog better and, let's not forget, improve your dog's life too. I recently received a message from Tammy, and let me just read it to you very quickly. It's very short. My EM is 15 months old, goes to daycare two to three times a week. While there, he plays with all the dogs and with the children that are there, and even interacts with other adults that drop off pets. When I go to pick him up, he is fine with the adults and workers with me in the office, but will then bark at the children or others that arrive. Again, only when I'm there. I've been using a prong collar as that was what his puppy training school started. Let's just break this down real quickly, and let me give you some comments. Tammy first says, My EM, and we're going to assume that's an English Mastiff, is 15 months old, goes to daycare two to three times a week. Well, the interesting thing that she says there is 15 months. Aggression tends to start showing up around nine months to about 24 months. So that's not surprising at all. The second thing that she says is, while there, he plays with all the dogs and with the children that are there and even interacts with the other adults that drop off the pets. So a comment on that is daycare is a great place, even a lot of times for aggressive dogs. Why is that? Because the same people work there normally day after day, the employees, the building is the same, and a lot of the same dogs are there and the people bringing in their dogs. So dogs that are aggressive or fearful, which we know is the reason for aggression, feel kind of comfortable in these daycare places. And so for that reason, your dog is fine there and doesn't really seem to have a lot of problems. This is why I always recommend that if you find a good daycare, that you keep it, because you want your dog, especially if you have a dog that's aggressive or fearful or reactive, especially if you have one of those kind of dogs, because they get to know the facility and the people, as I mentioned before, and even some of the dogs that are there and some of the people that come and go, and they start to feel more comfortable. The other thing I want to say is if you have 
an aggressive dog, especially to humans, but even to other animals, dogs in this case, that you fully inform the daycare before you ever take your dog there in the first place. And if this behavior develops or gets worse, you want to make sure that you let them know. It's really, really important that you are very open about your dog's behavior issues and get feedback from them. The third thing that you mentioned was when I go to pick him up, he is fine with the adults, workers with me in the office, but will then bark at the children or others that arrive. Again, only when I'm there. Well, that's fairly explainable, actually. Sometimes when it comes to dog behavior, what we think is happening is not really happening. We make the causation and correlation, we get messed up on that. So you might be surprised to know that your dog's not really most likely protecting you And the cause for your dog starting these behaviors is not really necessarily your appearance. What's most likely happening is when these people show up, when you show up to pick up their dogs and when you show up to pick up your dog, these are people that he hasn't been around all day. These are people that he doesn't know, and especially children. He's just fine with the people there, but all the influx of these new people is scaring him. And so he's picking up the aggression. What is he trying to do? He's trying to keep them at a distance. And here's the crazy part. He is not protecting you. Who is he really protecting? Himself. He's looking after himself. And it appears, this is kind of the causation correlation thing. It appears that it's your presence that's causing it, but not really. It's just the presence of these unfamiliar people. And let's always remember who defines who's unfamiliar the dog does. You comment that you don't see as much of this behavior when you drop him off in the morning as when you pick him up. And the reason for that, and I've heard this before and I've observed this, is he's so excited and pumped up, and I'm going to guess that he really likes going to daycare, that he's not really paying attention to some of these triggers coming and going. Also, when people drop off their dogs, they're much faster. They drop them off and go. So he's aroused and distracted by getting there. He's excited. The people are very much in a hurry. They don't spend time. They grab your dog. They take him in the back. But that is not true normally when people pick him up. So he has more time to focus. He's exiting. He's seeing these scary people he doesn't know. And he is reacting. You mentioned children in these areas when they come to pick their dogs up. And Dogs that are fearful, and we've talked about this before, dogs that have some issues with adult humans normally and frequently have more problems with children. And the three reasons for that are they're loud, they move quickly, and they're unpredictable. So there's going to probably even be more reasons that he will be reactive with children coming in. I guess as a closing comment on this, I actually have two more comments, is Boy, in daycare, you want to be super careful that you're protecting the humans in that area, that if you have to muzzle or whatever, but please be exceedingly careful because people that come in and pick up their dogs, they're assuming all the dogs there are fine. They are not expecting to find an anxious dog. And the last thing you say there is, last comment I want to make on your note is, I've been using a prong collar as that was what his puppy training school started. In my episode titled Things That Don't Work to Treat Dog Aggression, I touch on this. And if I would encourage you, Tammy, to listen to that if you haven't already. Having your dog wear a prong collar is contraindicated for your dog. And what does contraindicated mean? It just means 
that it is going the wrong direction. It's actually making things worse. It gives you some temporary gains. It suppresses some of that aggressive behavior like barking, lunging, but it's making his root cause issues worse. That conditioned emotional response. His fear of these unfamiliar people is going to get worse by using a prong collar. I would encourage you to stop using that immediately. Just get good leash control. And this episode is going to be talking about that, by the way. And continue listening to these episodes because we're going to talk about ways to really effectively address those behaviors and not make them worse. I want to thank you, Tammy, for sending you your note. It's a great note. Appreciate it. Well, we were just talking about Tammy's leash skills. And while we're on leash skills, let's go ahead and switch over to that topic, the the primary topic of this episode today. And let's begin when it comes to leash skills or handling skills, it's called. And by the way, the handler is the person with the leash, just some nomenclature from the dog world. There are four reasons why leash skills are so important to get those a little bit better under control and for you to feel more confident and competent. There's four reasons why it's really important. And let's talk about those very briefly. The first one is most behavior modification is done on leash, especially for aggression or reactivity issues. Not being good at this is like playing baseball and not knowing how to throw. It's just an essential skill you need to have down. I know it doesn't seem like it's very important, but it really is. And I hope by the time you finish this episode and look at the materials that I'm sending you, which is really a video, and I talked about that earlier, that you'll understand why. The second reason that lease skills are so important is for humane control. Really, control of the dog, but humane control, calm control. We're getting the dog to do what we want him to do, him or her, but we're doing it in a calm way. We're not making the anxiety and the fear issues worse. The third reason that leash skills are so important are handling skills, and that's attention. We want the dog paying more attention to the handler, the person with the leash. Why is that? Well, clearly, if a dog is spending so much time watching for these triggers, so nervous, it's called hypervigilance, that's only stressing the dog more, making the dog more anxious. If we can give the dog good control, calm control, and he or she is paying more attention to us, that's a win. That's a big win. And the fourth reason, which might be the most important, and I would not have said this 10 years ago, but the more owners and dogs that I work with, the more I realize that micromanaging the leash is a problem, a big one. And what we're really saying is the fourth reason that these leash skills are so important is that we stop micromanaging the leash. Why? Well, simply stated, because it causes behavioral cueing in the dog. What do I mean by behavioral cueing? What it says is as we're walking toward a trigger, let's say we have a dog on a leash and we're walking toward another dog or human and we see this trigger to our dog, what makes us a little bit nervous, we go, oh no, my dog's going to embarrass me and do all these reactive behaviors. So we unconsciously cinch up on the leash. Well, that goes right down to the dog's collar. And what's the math that the dog is doing? Hey. Every time I see one of these triggers, a dog and or a human, that makes me nervous, my owner gives me this leash input, and maybe they're nervous. 
or maybe I need to start doing something. So it, it cues the dog to start doing these behaviors. Let me put it this way. It absolutely does not help. What are the benefits of properly skills when doing behavior mod? A more relaxed dog. That's the big picture we're looking for here. A more relaxed dog, and guess what? A more relaxed owner. They feed off one another. One of the things that kind of drives me crazy about dog training and behavior modification, people act like there's some kind of mystical energy or something out there. There's not. These are mechanical skills. When you are popping on that leash a little bit, just kind of unconsciously giving the dog all this leash input, you don't even know you're doing it, but it's making the dog nervous, and it's a very observable thing that we need to work on. And these leash exercises, by the way, should be fun to the dog when they're done properly. We are not trying to dominate the dog. We are not trying to make him a show dog. These are leash skills that are specific to behavior modification. We want a cooperative learning environment with the dog where everyone wins, including and maybe especially your dog. So many times when I have personally worked with clients on these handling skills, they say, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know my dog would enjoy this. Well, yeah, we're being very predictable, consistent, calm, food rewards. Yeah, they love it. Of course, make sure that you have the proper treats, treat bag, and leash before starting. And we talked about that in a prior episode. We want to make sure that you adjust your dog's collar properly. In the video resource I'm going to be sending you, the 33-minute video that goes over the specifics of this with me demonstrating this, I talk about adjusting the collar. Most people have their dog's collar too loose is what I've noticed. Another thing that you're going to see in the video is the grip. Make sure you grip properly. Very important. This is an area I see where people, they have a wrong grip or they keep changing it or they have a dangerously out-of-control grip, especially with a large human-aggressive dog. Another thing you want to make sure you take care of is decide what side of you you're going to walk the dog on. Not only you, but other family members or anyone else that walks the dog. What I'm saying is, you're going to walk them always on the left side, or you're going to walk them always on the right side. Honestly, the, the standard is to the left. It makes no difference to me in behavior modification, whatever you're most comfortable with. But pick one side and stay with that. All the time, no matter what side of the street you're on, you're going to train the dog to walk to his side. And you'll see that in the video. A couple more comments before we sign off today, and that is intentional and deliberate. Two words that I use all the time with clients. All the time. I'll start working with a client on these leash skills that you'll see in the video, and I'll stop them. And I'll say, John, well, whatever his name is, <laughs> I just made that up. John. I want you to think about being more intentional and deliberate. You're overthinking this. Your dog feels like you have no idea where you're going. You're kind of weaving and zigging and zagging, and it's making your dog kind of nervous. He doesn't know where you're going. Be intentional about what you're going to do. Hey, dog, this is where we're going now. Let's go have some fun and be deliberate. Very important, and I'm telling you, I can take the leash on a nervous dog sometimes. I just say, give me the leash, and I'll just do those two things. I'll be intentional and deliberate with a nervous dog. And guess what happens to anxiety level? It comes way down. It comes way down. Treat delivery. I talk about that in the video. 
What do I mean by treat delivery? It sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Sounds like something that Amazon would do. No, treat delivery is getting the treat from your bag, the treat bag that we talked about a little bit ago, to the dog's mouth. Very, very important that it becomes a muscle memory thing for you because you're going to be doing this fast. People are always surprised how quickly we reward dogs when we're doing behavior modification. I mean, in some instances, it's treat. 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 It's that fast. And then sometimes you might go a longer period of time or a much longer period of time without doing it. It's when you do the treat that's important. You want to be comfortable doing that. You want to make sure you have the right kind of treat bag. Well, I've given you information on that before. You want to calmly get that treat over to the dog's mouth. You don't want to stuff it in its mouth, just like you don't want people stuffing their food in your mouth. We want to let the dog come up to the food and not become not for it to become an aversive thing. All right. Another thing, well, one more comment about that before we go on on the treat delivery. Make sure that you hide the treat bag so that the dog can't see the treat bag and that you hide the treat right before you give it. If you're just floating that treat out there with your hand before you give it to the dog, what do you think they're going to be looking at usually? The treat. What do we want the dog looking at? The trigger, the dog or the human. All right, let me start wrapping up here with a couple of questions for you. Do you and your family members always want to use the same handling skills that I'll be going over in detail in that video wherever you are and whomever is walking the dog? Well, of course, yes. Why? Well, consistency. If the dog is always getting the same inputs and it's always done the same way, regardless of who's walking him or her or where you're walking, What does that do? That reduces the dog's anxiety because it becomes predictable. And just like people, anxious dogs like predictability. It makes them less anxious, less nervous. And if you have an aggressive dog, you have a nervous dog, period. So yeah, we always want to make sure we do things the same. And everyone walking the dog does as well. The cumulative effect of good technique and handling is that when you walk out the door, your dog starts out more relaxed after you've been doing this a while, especially when we start doing behavior modification on the walks. When that dog sets its first foot out the door, they say, you know what? This isn't as scary as it used to be. My owner is handling me better around these triggers. My owner is predictable. My general level of anxiety is going down. And I'm telling you, all these pieces fit together, and this is really an important one. Okay, a couple more things. One, pooling. I get a lot of questions about what do I do if my dog is pulling? Well, I talk about that a little bit in the video, but you know what's kind of funny? If you use a good technique in handling with the proper leash that we've talked about before, that pulling is greatly reduced, especially if you use the good control that you're going to learn in that video. Mostly dogs pull because they're overly aroused, frustrated, or they're seeing a trigger. When you assess your dog's leash skills, you want to do so where there's not a trigger around because that's going to motivate them to do a whole bunch of other behaviors that aren't conducive to good leash walking. So make sure you assess how you're doing when you're not seeing a trigger. And we're going to talk about when you do see a trigger, what I want you to do in upcoming episodes. Those are going to really be important episodes. And as I said in the start of this episode, I'm going to send you that three-minute video. It's pretty detailed. It shows me 
demonstrating on the dog. And the dog that I have there is not at all a well-trained dog. In fact, that dog was a stray that I had had maybe a few weeks at that time. Nice dog. It's a pretty big dog. It's a, uh, actually a great Pyrenees. But he had just come out of rescue, so he's pretty raw. I always hate it when dog trainers and behaviorists demonstrate on dogs that are clearly well-trained. That is not this dog. So you'll, you'll see, I think, some of your dog in this. So I think that's kind of good. And I'll be demonstrating all the essential skills that you'll need. The name of the video is, My Dog is Out of Control on the Leash. I normally charge for this video if you want to buy it on my website, but there's no need for that. I'll be happy to provide you free access to it if you'll just send me a note. What I'd like you to do, or a message, what I'd like you to do is just go to dogaggressionanswers.com, and that URL is exactly as it sounds, just the words dogaggressionanswers.com. You'll find a button at the bottom of that page, the landing page, that you can click on and you can send me a direct message. Just request the leash or handling skills video. I know what you're talking about and I will send you a link to it as well as the password. Well, you know what? You're on your way now. We're actually getting going here. In today's episode, we talked about some hands-on ways to start working on your dog's behavior, specifically leash skills, which is a prerequisite. Kind of an interesting note here as we wrap up. Just improving your leash skills with your dog can have a fairly significant impact sometimes on their reactivity or aggression, and sometimes fairly quickly. Why? Because just getting control of the leash and not micromanaging is a big push forward. You have no idea how much that micromanagement of the leash is adding to the problem. And the attitude that we want to have when we're approaching a trigger and you have your dog on the leash is, let's say your dog's name is Max. You're going to look at your dog. You don't really want to do this, but I want you thinking, or you actually could say it, I guess, Max, we're just going to walk by. There's nothing going on here. I'm not nervous and you don't need to be nervous. And I'm not going to give you a lot of micromanagement of the leash and I'm not going to slow down or start saying things. I'm just going to keep walking. And that can go a long way to lowering aggression and this kind of fear reactivity. We'll be building on this basic skill and be adding a whole lot in the future. I'm really excited where we are right now. We're really getting teed off now. What do I want you to do between now and the next episode? Get out there with your dog and spend 30 minutes a day developing this most important skill. Homework information is on the video. We'll be talking a little bit about there. Just some exercises I'd like you to do to get really fluent with that leash. Become one with the dog, if you will, when you're walking. You're walking as a team. Well, thanks for listening today. This is a great episode. I loved it. If you haven't already, would you, would you mind going to one of the podcast players of your choice and subscribing if you haven't already? There's a button at the bottom of the landing page on dogaggressionanswers.com that I mentioned earlier. If you'd like me to leave a message about anything, not just the dog handling skills video. And I try to answer all messages and appreciate your input. Before I sign off, I want to remind you that if you have a dog that is aggressive and dangerous to humans or animals, 
please consult directly with a certified dog behavior consultant who specializes in dog aggression. Always take proper measures to ensure that your dog is never in a position to injure any human or animal. Thank you for joining me today. Before you go, please subscribe if you haven't already. If not for yourself, do it for your dog. If you find these episodes helpful, please leave a review. I'll see you next time as we continue your journey of addressing your dog's aggression. Now go hug your dog.